from KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Got a pleasant Thursday evening. No Cardinals baseball tonight, so you've got Sports Open Line. And I'm Joe Pot. I'll have you till 8 o'clock tonight. And we're going to jump right in, as a matter of fact, because waiting on hold on the phone is the Cardinals beat writer at MLB.com. He is John Denton. And, John, uh, we've talked a little bit at the ballpark, but haven't had a chance to talk on air, so I appreciate you taking some time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Hope all is well tonight. I am doing well. I know that you're probably uh, either, if not tonight, maybe uh, early tomorrow, jumping on a flight to the East Coast, I would imagine, right? Yeah, two two and a half hours from now, I'll be flying to Philly, and I'll probably have my first cheesesteak by 11.30 a.m. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, uh, Pat's or Geno's, or is it somewhere else? You know, I, I like uh, I like to stand where Rocky stood. I like to, you know, so I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a Pats guy, you know. The part of Rocky was filmed there, so that's that's where I'll go. I, I just I've kind of always gone there. I've tried them both, you know. I've never had a bad cheesesteak in my life, but I like to tie in with the Rocky movie. Fair enough, sounds good, John. In your first year uh, with the Cardinals on the MLB beat, um, you know how how has it been so far? How have you liked covering this franchise? I know you've done a lot of NBA uh, previously, so so the switch to Major League Baseball, covering a um, an organization that's got a lot of history and success. How's it been? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a different cadence. Uh, NBA, you've got uh, 82 games. You usually play like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, or whatever. And, you know, baseball, as we all know, is every day. So, you know, getting used to the new cadence, uh, July 1st is about to hit. So NBA free agency is kind of, you know, it, it, I'm thinking a lot about that today. But, you know, that was a different time. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but I, I grew up in West Tennessee. I grew up a Cardinal fan. My father and grandfather were Cardinal fans. So uh, my, my dad passed away in February, and, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of taking him with me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to do a job, but, you know, I've got my dad along with me on the ride, and, you know, he loved baseball more than anything. And even while I was living in Florida for 24 years, I had the baseball package so I could talk to my dad and talk baseball every night. So, you know, that, that part of it kind of almost gets me choked up and, you know, I just feel like every stadium I go to, every ball game I go to, I've got him right there by my side. Listen, you're speaking my language because that's uh, I, I feel a lot like that. And and my dad passed before I got a hold of this job and before I got to be covering baseball uh, like this. So I, I appreciate that. I, I know that that's uh, important, and I know that he's uh, he's enjoying the season and the ride along as well. I want to ask you about uh, something that actually a hit today. I know it probably was written. Before yesterday, you wrote a little piece. You were talking about Ryan Helsley uh, should be an all-star. Now, last night, obviously, aside, I mean, he has been fantastic. And and I certainly don't feel like last night was was anything to, you know, to jump up and down about. I'm not I'm not worried about that in the least. But just tell me what you've seen and 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 enjoyed watching from Ryan Helsley this year. You know, it's 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 amazing what he's done because he went from just you know pedestrian numbers. Uh, just kind of another guy coming out of the pen, nothing special, to a guy who is off the charts. I mean, even after, you know, the the home run he gave up last night was the first home run of the season. Uh, those two runs allowed there were more than he'd given up previously. Right. Like he'd only given up one run all season. 
his ERA jumped from point three to point eight eight. I mean, still just off the charts numbers. You know, he went into last night with forty two strikeouts and nine walks. Like from every angle you look at it, like Ryan Helsley has been off the charts. And you know, he he hurt his elbow last year, but he thinks that was because of a knee injury. And he had a knee injury for two years and never really addressed it. Well, he got knee surgery last year. He said now he can push off better. He can land better. He he trusts his stuff better and. You know, we're, we've seen a guy who's just taken it to the next level. He struck out a guy earlier this year with 103.4 mile or fastball. He threw 101 uh, the other night, uh, Tuesday night, to uh, to Sanchez. So, you know, he, he's a guy who's he's gotten healthy. He's made some growth. He's matured uh, mentally and physically. And, you know, I, I think he definitely belongs to that All-Star game, even though he you know, gave up a home run last night. His velocity, obviously, is what kind of catches your eye and what maybe people talk about most. But I, you had a great quote in there from Oliver Marmel. He said his other pitches are gross. <laughs> and that's not, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... He throws, a, he throws a wipeout slider at 88 miles an hour. And it, you know, it has like six more inches than it had before as far as a vertical break. And, you know, he, he comes at you with, with that 88 mile an hour slider. He throws a changeup at 80 and then he'll hit you with 101 on the fastball. You know, it's a lot of times hitters just kind of back out of the box and laugh. Like Ollie pointed to last night, they're like, I'm supposed to hit that. (laughs) Like, this is not fair. And then uh, another guy that we, we at least fully expect to be an all-star is Paul Goldschmidt. He was um, named today, obviously as one of the finalists. He is, I think fifth in the national league and all-star voting. He's one of those guys that, you know, maybe the numbers, for whatever reason, don't jump off the page. Nothing kind of eye-popping, but then you look at it and he's first or second or, you know, in the top five of all of these categories, and he's a guy that day in and day out just legitimately goes about his business. Yeah, yeah. Joe, you listen to anybody in that locker room, they will tell you they're not surprised because they see how Paul Goldschmidt works behind the scenes. I mean, a lot of days he takes a shower before the games because he comes in and busts his butt gets a lift in, gets batting practice in, watches film, does agility work, and then takes a shower and then goes out and does what he does. And, you know, he's be able to be successful because he has established this routine of preparation, you know, intense preparation. I mean, look at how he runs the bases. Like, base running is one of the most overlooked things in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. The other night he went from first to third on a ball to left field. Like, nobody does that. Uh, you know, I think he's stolen 19 straight bases without being thrown out. So, you know, everything he does, it's with purpose. It's with intention. Uh, I talked to Tommy Edmond the other day. I asked him, who's the most influential guy you've ever played with? And he says, Paul Goldschmidt. Like, he taught me how to have a routine. He taught me how to prepare. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of things. A lot of people think Paul is, is quiet. Paul is just understated. He doesn't like talking about himself. You ask him about anything else, he'll, you know, he'll talk forever. He just doesn't like, you know, boasting or bragging. It's almost comical when he hits a home run. The first thing he does is look down to make sure he's not showing up the pitcher. So he's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. He is sort of the consummate St. Louis Cardinal as well. I think he is just the exact type of player that, you know, this kind of town and this kind of fan base appreciates. Yeah, you know, these these fans appreciate hard workers and, you know, guys who don't necessarily, you know, thump their chest and are braggadocious. I mean, Paul is. You know, he's a, he's a quiet leader. He does things the right way. He's a good first baseman. He's a great base runner. He hits for power. He hits for average. Uh, you know, all those things add up to, to a guy who should win the, win the MVP this year. He's been close three different times. I think this time, you know, if he keeps this up, it should be just a runaway winner in the National League. 
John Denton from MLB with us here for just another minute or two. And John, um, as we're, you know, I say approaching, we're a month out from the trade deadline, basically. Do you foresee anything? Do you have any kind of idea as to what this team might be thinking as we approach that point? Well, I, I think there has to be an asterisk to that. I mean, we have to see where Stephen Matz is mm-hmm. when he comes back. We have to see where Jordan Hicks is after giving up five runs last right. night. Uh, you know, there there are holes in this uh, this rotation. We have to see if Jack Flaherty makes it back. Uh, Jack seemed to be under the impression he was going to be back in 15 days uh, the other day on Monday, but I don't think anybody in the organization thinks that's going to happen. So, you know, it depends on where those guys come back, but I do know that they, you know, they, they feel like they need more arms. Uh, you know, we saw the dangers of of trading away a, a top prospect last night. Uh, Sandy Alcantara is yeah. one of the best pitchers in the league. You know, every Cardinal fan who watched that game last night was just, you know, you're sick watching him pitch for somebody else when he was in your organization. But, you know, if you're going to get quality, if you're going to go get a, a quality arm, you're going to have to give up a quality piece. And, you know, everybody in – in baseball is going to ask for Jordan Walker and they're going to ask for Mason Wynn and they're going to ask for Nolan Gorman. Are you willing to part with one of those, those prospects to get one more arm? And we're going to find out a lot right now, aren't we? 17 straight days uh, leading into the all-star break. We're, we're, we're going to see, you know, all possible uh, sides of this organization when it comes to depth. Yeah, I, I think this is a huge test. I mean, this is one of those stretches that, you know, at the end of the year, when you're if, if you won the division or if, if you couldn't run it up or maybe you didn't make the playoffs, this is the stretch you'll look back. You know, 14 straight against teams with winning records. Uh, you know, Philly's going to keep coming. They've got a softball, like a slow pitch softball lineup. They're going to put up eight or nine runs a night. You're going to have to score runs. The Dodgers are going to have to pitch well. You know, those are going to be tight, low scoring games. So, you know, this is going to be a, a very telling stretch. And, you know, if the Cardinals can come through this stretch, if they can somehow, you know, keep getting all these contributions from the young kids and get past those injuries. This could be the stretch that propels them to, you know, to possibly win in the win in the NL Central. John Denton, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking some time uh, before you get on the road and uh, enjoy that cheesesteak, man. All right, will do. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it as well. John Denton from MLB.com talking a little Cardinals baseball. We'll have plenty of baseball talk tonight uh, here on Sports Open Line. Uh, Got a variety of folks lined up. We're going to talk to uh, Frank Cusimano coming up in a little bit this hour. We're going to talk to Rob Raines coming up in the 7 o'clock hour as well. So we'll keep things moving along here on Sports Open Line. I'm Joe Pot, and this is Camo X. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Joe Pot back in on Sports Open Line here on Camo X on a Thursday night, off night for the Redbirds. We're still uh, talking a lot of baseball, of course, here as we go through the evening, and uh, I'm sure we'll do that with our next guest as well. I am happy to welcome on Frank Cusimano, longtime sports director at uh, Channel 5 KSDK, but also a, a radio host uh, in his in his free time, his spare time, right, Frank? Yes, yeah, the, that's the morning job. You know, somebody's got to pay off my wife's uh, clothing bill, so I have to work two jobs. And I should say, Joe, that I'm a former intern at KMOX, where I used to screen calls. And when I got that phone call a minute ago, I recognized that phone number. Uh, I won't give it out over the air, but that hotline number will always stay with me. 
Well, that's fantastic. I have I've told you in person. I want to tell you on air though. Con- uh, congratulations, inducted this spring uh, into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, as I told you uh, when we talked, I, I don't I don't know how you have a St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame without Frank Cusimano. So I think it's a, a well deserved honor. So congratulations. Thanks very much. We had Italian voters this year, so I think <laughs> that swayed the thing. So. Frank, uh, one of the things that I have admired about you forever and ever is just your your dedication, your passion to covering um, local sports and some of this stuff. I mean, obviously, everybody is interested in the Cardinals and the Blues and um, whatever else is going on pro sports wise. But I think that, you know, if you're if you're not from around here, if you're not a St. Louis, you know, guy, gal, maybe you don't know how big the prep scene is the sport the the high school sports all of that and I think that that's one of the things that that you've always kind of shed a light on and kind of bringing those folks to light and I've I've always admired that where does that passion come from is it just because you know this this is your community this is where you come from yeah like when I was at other markets Joe I kind of felt like I reported sports and here I kind of feel sports Mm -hmm. and I like to give you know a proper amount of attention to the high schools and colleges because you know, that's what I did and played in high school and college. And I just feel like, you know, we care about our own. I'm just looking at my five and six o'clock sportscast. I always use this phrase when talking about a player like Matt Veerling, who they're going to play with the Phillies. Like I just said, the pride of CBC, Chris Nagel, who had an incredible round at the John Deere Classic, the pride of Marquette. And as we speak, you know, I'm in between the six and ten. I'm driving to uh, St. Mary's High School to interview one of my all-time favorite St. Louis Rams, Toby Wright, number 32, he's in town. So, yeah, I, I just uh, I feel a passion covering St. Louis sports. I never felt like I reported it. I just love it. That's fantastic. I, I always think about some of those guys that, that I see, you know, as I go along in, in the sports that I cover and the places I go. You know, I saw Drew Hanlon at Belmont, so I think about when you covered him. I remember a story you did on, on Drew getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning to shoot hoops when he was at Webster Groves, and I love that stuff. Yeah, I can remember that like it was yesterday, and it was actually 4.59 because Drew wanted to let everybody know he got there before 5, and he shot those, you know, 500 to 1,000 shots with that gun they have out where he can get up a lot of shots in a, in a short period of time, and it's worked out pretty good for him. I mean, can you imagine this St. Louis kid works out, Jason Tatum, Brad Beal, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Zach Levine. He does, you know, some of the greatest players in the world, and they come sometimes to Shrewsbury, the Shrewsbury Athletic Center, and he trains them there, which is absolutely amazing. If people knew what kind of talent was streaming through there, right? Like, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. That is great. Frank Cusimano with us here on Sports Open Line. Frank, what do you make right now of, of where this Cardinals team is at? I have said for the entire baseball season, I think, that I have not been you know, overly impressed with the Milwaukee Brewers, but here we are on almost July 1st looking up at the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League Central Division. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you hit better, you feel better, you run better, but if the axiom is true that pitching is 75% or 80% of the game, the Brewers are going to win because their big two of Burns and Woodruff are better than our big two, and then as good as, you know, Ryan Helsley is, nobody can touch Josh Hader. So, you know, if the axiom is true, we're going to be in trouble. But the optimistic side is this. And today, since we don't have Cardo highlights to go over, we sat down Michael Gersh and we talked about 
how I, I can't remember a time in my 30 years of covering the Cardinals where they've had this many promising young hitters. And I know you talk about them often, Joe, on your outstanding pregame show. And I think it's going to come down to it where they're going to have to deal a surplus from a surplus to a shortage or trade some hitters for some pitching. I know it's not that easy, but you can't play all these guys. And you right. have so many young hitters and you, you know, up right now that you can't even play at the same time. So I think trade deadline time is you're going to have to make a move to try, try to acquire either a great arm in the bullpen or a great starting pitcher. And, and, you said it. They they have enough up right now. You know, we're trying to find places for some of the guys that are on the big league club, and then you look down, you know, on the farm, and you've got the Jordan Walkers and the Mason Wins, and even a guy like Moises Gomez, who's kind of come out of nowhere, uh, you know, this year on the minor league level. There's even more behind the group that is here in St. Louis, or or you know, those that are in Memphis, one step away. It's it it is pretty remarkable. Yeah, you mentioned Gomez. His 23 homers are the most overall in the organization. And you didn't mention Alec Burleson, yeah, right. who may have the best offensive stats of anybody not named Paul Goldschmidt in the Cardo organization. Speaking of that, uh, tell me where Paul Goldschmidt ranks as you watch him and you watch what is he doing, what he is doing this year, where he ranks you know, for you as a, as a Cardinal or just as a, as a baseball player that you've had the chance to cover. Well, uh, I was there when Albert came up, so I saw mm-hmm. all of Albert's 11 seasons. I mean, this is the best offensive player not named Albert Pools I've ever seen. And it's amazing because, Joe, I know you can remember a couple of uh, years back. Or no, it was the beginning of last year when he got off to a slow start. Yeah. And he normally does get off to a slow start. And, you know, really smart baseball people were saying, you know, at his age and this slow start, I think he's lost some bat speed. And now we're seeing a guy who's the leading candidate for the MVP. It's frightening because he he refuses to talk about himself. He's never said any interesting quote about himself at all. But he's he's a witty, sharp, you know, fun guy. It's just if you try to get something out of himself talking about himself, it's absolutely impossible. We were chatting with John Denton in our first segment, and, and he just talked about, you know, he's so methodical with his preparation and what he goes through and, and how he gets to, you know, what a day is like before the first pitch even flies. And it's just, it, it's unreal kind of to hear what he does, you know, as far as preparation on a daily basis. And, you know, Joe, we're all really familiar with how Albert Pujols has put Juan Yepes on scholarship. So the other day I'm interviewing Nolan Gorman, and I said, who's your guy? And he said, Goldie. And like an hour later, Goldschmidt and Nolan Gorman were on first base, and they were he was showing Nolan Gorman the proper way to kind of skim the bag with his foot as he's rounding first base. And it wasn't a short conversation. I mean, he was meticulously going through this with Nolan Gorman. I think it's so cool. And then, like yesterday, to go along with this mentorship theme here, is I see Miles Michaelis with Matthew Libitor. And you talk about the Cardinal way. That is the Cardinal way. The greats making all that money giving back to the youngsters just beginning their careers. That's that's exactly what I was sitting here thinking that you know you you can say what you will and I know uh, you know people outside the organization or outside the city can you know much maligned cardinal way but in reality that's what the cardinal way always has been right it's the veterans handing it down to the younger guys and just passing that along and it's the reason why this franchise has such a long sustained history of success. 
And, Joe, I know Willie McGee is paid to do this, but yesterday we got there early uh, for an interview, like 2 o'clock. It is sweltering. And out in left field, there's just two people. There's Willie McGee and Juan Yepes, and there's a, an apparatus at home plate that's launching these towering fly balls. And McGee is going through it step by step where his glove should be. Willie had a glove. Juan had a glove. And, I, he, you know, he walked by me a little bit later. I said, man, you really work hard. And he was, you know, this is a guy probably 62 years old. Right. He said, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. So. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned somebody else in there, Albert Pujols, as well. What a transition we've seen from him, right, from a, from the – you know, very similar to Paul Goldschmidt, very regimented, very much a, a creature of habit in that locked-in guy to now, you know, in the later years of his career, he is embracing the opportunity to kind of be that mentor. Yeah, and I think that was the reason we were all a little bit skeptical. Sure. That it, will he accept that role, and man, has he embraced it. And look, he's not going to get to 700 home runs. He may not even hit 200, but my contention is, Overall, if you look at the whole body of work, the mentoring, some big moments, uh, just having him around, this has been a, a win-win. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way you look at it anything else. And I, I, that's exactly what, what I thought going in, you know, when, when people ask, is this is this good? Oh, that's That was the answer every time, right? If he accepts the role, if he is not, you know, one that's trying to get into the lineup every night, that's just there to try to get to 700. That thing's, that seems like it's the farthest thing from his mind that he just wants to be here, soak up this last year uh, in the game and, and, and do it in a, in a place he enjoys and with a franchise he enjoys. Yeah. His function the other day at top golf, I asked him point blank, 700 home runs or a world championship. And he almost laughed off the question. You're not even close. You know, I want to win a world series. So He's just been a great teammate. It's been awesome to see him back here again. Frank, I really appreciate some time tonight. As I said, I've admired your work, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I I put in my daytime and my nighttime as well. So I appreciate all that about you as well. But uh, congrats again on the induction of the Hall of Fame, and, and thanks again for taking some time tonight. Great to be with you, and I bet I listen to your pregame shows more than your mom and dad. I hey, never miss. That is fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks so much, Joe. Thank you. That is Frank Cusimano, of course, the uh, longtime uh, sports director, as I said, on KSDK on Channel 5, as well as a uh, radio host and all-around uh, St. Louis sports guy. No question of it. Appreciate him taking some time tonight. Uh, more to do. We'll finish up the 6 o'clock hour. We'll get into the 7 o'clock hour. We've still got plenty of baseball talk to come. We can touch on some other stuff as well. It's Sports Open Line here on a Thursday on a Cardinals off day. I'm Joe Pot. This is X. Pitch, and that's a ground ball up the middle. Base hit, Connor Capel. As Newbar stops at second base, Capel is first big league hit. Keeps things going here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Throw that baseball out, and congratulations to the Cardinal rookie, Connor Capel, for picking up his first big league hit. And now he represents the possible winning run for the Cardinals. Now, that was last night, of course, in the bottom of the ninth inning, Cards and Marlins. That was after Abisail Garcia had hit the two-run home run off of Ryan Helsley that gave the Marlins the lead. They would eventually win. They st- uh, I was going to say they stranded. The Cardinals didn't strand two runners. They didn't do a double play to end that game last night. But Connor Capel, 
Uh, yet another one of those hitters that is in this uh, system, in this pipeline. We were talking to Frank Cusimano last segment. Um, just when we were talking about what he said, frankly, was, frankly, <laughs> get it? He said that uh, you're going to have to deal from a position of uh, of excess of as far as hitters to get something you need. And that's something that is probably going to be the case for the Cardinals. But uh, and thankfully, it's somebody else that's going to have to make that decision on who you part with um, <clears throat> from this offensive core. And it is true. They are at a situation now that they don't have enough spots for some of the guys. Nolan Gorman, who uh, they hope to be returning, by the way, back. Um, they hope to be getting him back as they get into this road trip here. So you've got Nolan Gorman, who has been basically playing fairly regularly for you. You have Juan Yepes, who has been now playing fairly regularly for you, and certainly more regularly now that you're missing Tyler O'Neill and you're missing Harrison Bader now for a little bit of time as he deals with the plantar fasciitis. But And you keep seeing these guys. They've already, they had to DFA Kramer Robertson earlier this year who made his major league debut uh, with the cards earlier. So it's just a matter of deciding what you can uh, what you can deal, what, what, who's expendable. And I, that's a tough situation to be in, but ultimately it is going to be that kind of decision that they're going to have to face sooner rather than later. Because as I mentioned, when we were talking with John Denton, 17 straight games coming up here, 14 of those games are against teams that have a winning record. Cincinnati being the outlier there, they'll finish the first half against Cincinnati at home. You've got the Phillies for three starting this weekend. You've got the defending world champion Braves for four in Atlanta after that. And the Braves started the season. You would think, oh, okay, World Series hangover. And then they promptly decided to win 14 straight games to propel themselves right back into uh, the National League East conversation. Then the Phillies come here to St. Louis for four games. You've you've got the Dodgers for three and Cincinnati for three. So you're going to find out a lot. But the other thing that you're going to need in that 17-game stretch that I'm not sure where it's all coming from is pitching. And it's been the thing for the last month at least that where are you going to get those innings from? And specifically, where are you going to get those innings from in the bullpen when they are not coming from Giovanni Gallegos and they are not coming from Genesis Cabrera and they are not coming from Ryan Helsley. Those are the big innings and the big questions. You're getting some very good starts and some extremely quality innings, I think, from Andre Palante that probably, not probably, that at the beginning of the year you did not expect to be getting. I think maybe you maybe they saw him as a bullpen guy, and ideally that would have been what he is. They moved into a starting role, and he has come along, I think, almost exactly as you would want him to be coming along. Started off with two or three innings, 50 pitches, 65 pitches, 75 pitches. Last night he goes seven innings for you. Those are exactly the kind of starts you need. Dakota Hudson looked like he was building right to that exact spot. He had gone a stretch at the beginning of June, three straight starts of seven innings, and then he kind of fell off a little bit. And then he became more of a question mark. And then where are those innings going to come from if Dakota Hudson can't get you deep into a game? You know what you're getting from Miles Michaelis. You know what you're getting from Adam Wainwright. You don't know what you're getting from your starters after that. Again, maybe you know now or you're starting to know what you get from an Andre Palante. I'm interested to see Matthew Libertor in some extended, with some extended time in the big leagues. I said this a week ago or a week and a half ago that 
Um, maybe he should have been the guy up as opposed to Jack Flaherty. I get it. When Flaherty came up and when he came off the injured list after a couple of rehab starts, it was against the Pirates. And the idea was more intensity facing a major league lineup as opposed to uh, maybe ramping up the number of pitches at the AAA level. But it, it, it never happened. He never got to a point. He, I think he went three innings in his first two starts. And then over the weekend, he went a couple of innings and came out with a shoulder tightness. Ultimately, he's landed back on the injured list. And um, as John Denton mentioned, he says 15 days. The club, not so sure. They're certainly not going to commit to that now after thinking that he was back on his way. So point being, 17 straight games here that you are going to have to have innings. And you're probably going to have to have a Cabrera or a Gallegos or a Helsley go back-to-back nights. And ultimately, that's not what they wish to happen. That's probably not ideal. Um, If you're not getting the offense and you find yourselves in one of those one-run games or a game where you think that you're going to be coming back or a game where you're trying to hold that one-run lead, then chances are some of those guys are going to be pitching maybe some more innings than you want them to be. So I would not be surprised. Um, I'm not even... Not even that I wouldn't be surprised. I am quite certain right now that Michael Gersh and John Moselak are already on the phone. They're already talking to teams. They're already trying to figure out what parts uh, they need. They need to acquire what parts that they can move. If there are, you know, if there are other guys at the minor league level, John Denton mentioned it very quickly, but Jordan Hicks, who had a great first rehab start, did not have a great rehab or, or appearance did not have a great rehab appearance his last time out. Ended up giving up five straight hits and some runs, and so he didn't look as good as he looked in his first outing. So the question there is, is that because you know he's not bouncing back quite yet? Because that's always what you're looking for in a pitcher. It's not how this outing go. It's how do you feel after this outing? How do you feel the second day after this outing? Or can you go back-to-back outings? Those are the kind of things they're looking for there. And if the answer is no from someone like Jordan Hicks, then he's clearly not ready, not quite to the point where you're going to bring him back up. Um, They have some other guys that are down, obviously, in the minor leagues that maybe they will be, you know, providing those innings or able to provide those innings. But ultimately, I think that you are going to be looking for uh, pitching. And so who do you give up? I mean, that's the question is who – is expendable. Where do you feel like you have, you know, a little bit of depth? And I don't just mean like you have the hitters depth. Where do you have some depth, you know, position wise? And it likely it's the outfield, right? But right now you're without Bader and you're without O'Neill uh, in the lineup because of injuries. So you're already using Lars Nupar and Juan Yepes on an almost nightly basis. Thankfully, you've got Dylan Carlson, a guy who can handle center field, that can play center field, you know, for an extended period of time as he has been doing. But it's going to be really interesting, I think, over the next few weeks uh, to see, uh, you know, how this turns, how, you know, what path they take here. As I mentioned, the Cardinals are currently looking up at uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, by the way, is trailing tonight, so that's a positive. They're in the top of their third. They're playing on the road at Pittsburgh. Cardinals are a game and a half back of first place right now in the uh, National League Central Division. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And I, I, I think that you don't want to get, I don't think you want to lose sight, <clears throat> excuse me, of Milwaukee. You don't want to have anything, you know, I, you don't want this to be a, even a four or five game deficit. And 
I thought that the chance was there. Cardinals playing a stretch of National League Central opponents when Milwaukee, you know, went on a, a slide. They lost eight straight games, and the Cardinals just never really took advantage and used that to their advantage to get to the point where, you know, to, to build up the division lead at all. They got up to two and a half games. That was as 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 best as they got as far as the lead in the National League Central. They got to 10 games above 500, couldn't stay there and couldn't stay in the lead ultimately in the National League Central, then went into Milwaukee last week tied, came out of that series tied because Milwaukee and the Cardinals seem to split series every time they play. They have literally split three, four-game series this year. So if you feel like it's going to go that way, you've obviously got to beat up on the rest of the National League Central Division in Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Chicago which the Cardinals also failed to do last weekend when Chicago was in town. And they lost two out of three to the Cubs in a disappointing series, in my opinion, and I think everybody's opinion, at Bush Stadium. So they did not take advantage there. They had the opportunity to, to sweep last night. That didn't happen. And again, that's not anything I put on Ryan Helsley. Like, my goodness. Was it tough? Yes. But everybody has tough nights, and Ryan Helsley hasn't had a tough night yet. So this was the first night that he has had uh, any kind of uh, tough situation. And uh, as, uh, what did John Denton say, as ERA went from 0.3 to 0.8, I mean, it's still sub one. So, you know, put in a little perspective there that, um, you know, he has not had a night like that. He has not, I get it, he walked the leadoff man, looked like he was going to mow through the rest, and Garcia got him. He was first pitch swinging, and he, hammered it to center field, and that kind of stuff is going to happen, and, and it's going to happen to the best of the pitchers. It's probably going to happen to Josh Hader at some point this year. I don't think it's happened yet, but some point in time, it's got to happen to Josh Hader as well. But the point being, uh, the Cardinals need to ultimately find those innings elsewhere. They need to find the innings that are not being taken by those three, and the, the innings that are... Um, left from a short start, which is even probably, which is going to happen from an Adam Wainwright. It is going to happen from Miles Michaelis. They're going to have to find those innings, and they're probably going to have to find those innings over the next two weeks, over the next two and a half weeks as they play this 17-game stretch. This is, I believe, as long as the Cardinals play without an off day. I think they had a 17-game stretch early in the season as well, and so this will be their their second 17-game stretch, if I'm not mistaken that they'll play this year without an off day. And that is a test for anybody. I don't care how deep you are, how good you think you are. That's a huge test. And, of course, the last thing you want to see is if you lose anybody else, right, if there are any other injuries, even if it's a nagging injury like you hope that it is right now with a Nolan Gorman, you've got to piece those things together. You've got to figure out where the off days are coming for some of those guys. Tommy Edmond had an off day, was supposed to have an off day last night. He ended up coming into the game late in the game so that he could have his back-to-back off days. Probably tomorrow night we'll see either Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt or both of them you know, out of the lineup. One of them probably DHs and maybe one of them has a full night off. It's going to be a huge stretch, a huge test for uh, this Cardinals team. And um, I would not be completely shocked if there were some sort of move that happens you know, either right before or right after the All-Star break. More baseball talk, uh, plenty more to do here on Sports Open Line, and uh, we'll do it starting in the 7 o'clock hour, of course. I'm Joe Pott. This is Camo X.